one thing that really helped along the way was people seeing that I was doing this just as a volunteer, just to get that experience, just to get that chance, putting so much hard work and, you know, respecting teams. It spoke volumes to a lot of teams. And that's one thing that really set my sister and I on a fast track. You know, you're not doing it for, you know, money or anything like that. You're just doing it for the experience, for the chance, for the opportunity. And people notice that so much more. And it makes a world of difference. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Femcanics, I want to hear from you and get your feedback. Text me what your favorite episode is, how I could improve the podcast, what products would you like to see, but most importantly, I just want to connect with you. Text me at 614-953-6380. Again, that's 614-953-6380. I receive each message directly, and I'm excited to hear from you. Go on, press pause, and save my number, 614-953-6380. Kristen Hope Migas is in the driver's seat today. She grew up with a strong passion for racing and badass cars and trucks. After attending the Monster Jam World Finals, She made a decision at 16 years old to pursue a monster truck racing career. She has raced under five different truck identities, Monster Mutt Dalmatian, Raising Cane, Megalodon, Ice Cream Man, and now Wolf's Head. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B. coming to you, and I have Kristen Hope Migas in the driver's seat today. How are you doing tonight, Kristen? I'm doing great, Jamie. I hope you are, too. I am. I am. And thank you for hopping on here. We chatted a little uh, while ago, got to know each other a little bit better, uh, as with many of my guests. Instagram, the door to many women in the automotive motorsports industry, and this is no different. I don't know if you believe in serendipity or bringing stuff into existence for yourself and kind of like you think it and it will happen. But I, I was sitting there thinking to myself, it's like, okay, I really want to interview a monster truck driver that's a female. I really want to interview a female stunt driver. Like there are all these different like aspects of automotive, motorsports, and I really want to really broaden the horizons for the listener to think, man, wow, look at all these different aspects, you know, motorsports or entertainment or just pure automotive or whatever the case may be. And lo and behold, I stumbled upon your your Instagram page and I'm like, would you be interested? And you obliged and said, yes, I would be interested on being on the show. So thank you so much for accepting my invitation. 
Yeah, no, I'm so glad that you came across my Instagram page. I'm happy to be here. I have so many questions for you because being a monster truck driver, being a race car driver in any motorsports is interesting. They each have their own uh, nuances to them. But monster truck driving is, man, that's something else. So before we get into that, because I, I have a million questions in my head, why don't we kind of back up and start in the beginning? Because I don't know too many little girls that are like, mm, you know what, when I grow up, I'm going to be a monster truck driver. So the journey to becoming one always fascinates me in a lot of these industries. So when did that all start? So it wasn't like a lifelong thing, really. It, I got the itch for it, I guess, or like I just decided, hey, I could do that. And then all of a sudden I was, you know, hooked after that. But 16 years old, sitting in the living room after the Monster Jam World Finals and Monster Chucks, I mean, I'd always been a huge gearhead all my life and I absolutely love any sort of motorsports racing but I like my family had no racing background I'd never raced um unless you count like thrashing on <laughs> golf carts and stuff like that in the backyard but um yeah so we went to the Monster Jam World Finals for I want to say like four years in a row up to that point and we always had a great time uh, in the Monster Jam World Finals, that's in Las Vegas, and I was I was born and raised in California, so it wasn't like a f big trip or anything for us. It was just something fun to go do. And after one of those Monster Jam World Finals, like I saw all these women in it, and I was like, I could be one of those girls. Like, and it looked like so much fun. It's just one of those sports. Just even watching just gets your like heart pumping. At least for me, it did, anyways. And so I was 16 years old. I was talking to my parents and I have the best parents ever. They, they told me to go for it, go for your dreams. And after that, I just went like head first into it. It was definitely uh, an attainable goal. And one of the awesome things was just reaching out to drivers and crew members and things like that. And uh, just getting their advice on how to get into the industry. And they were so helpful. and now I'm here today. So <laughs> it all worked out really good and made those dreams happen, made those dreams come true. And I'm so blessed to be able to do what I'm doing. That is way cool. And it sounds like your folks are super supportive. But I, I want to kind of dive in a little bit. So it, it sounds like growing up, you have always uh, had your hand, so to speak, in the grease jar. <laughs> <laughs> the grease version of a cookie jar. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I the, love that. <laughs> but that's what it sounds like. So it's it's not a far stretch. So you've always had an interest. And I, I love the golf cart piece. Who does not love tearing around in a golf cart? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... Especially like a, the gas ones. Those, oh, they're actually, they'll get it. <laughs> fair point. Gas, way better than the electric. But they, they both kind of serve their own purpose. But still, I agree. The gas is way more fun. <laughs> But when I started researching and reading up on your on your journey and your story, you actually started simply by volunteering. It, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. So one of the first things that I did um, after I decided that I was just going to go for it, and I should mention, it was something that I was doing with my sister, too. My sister's like two and a half years younger than me. And so we both 
like went at this like together, which was super awesome to be able to do it side by side with her. Yeah. So I started volunteering as when I was 16 and my parents would just, you know, we'd go to all the shows that were around us in California and all of the drivers that uh, were at these shows, they'll all be at the same place and all that. Um, so you get to know them and then they started to recognize us and we would ask them like, Hey, how do you get into this? And one of the biggest things they would tell us is volunteer, get your hands dirty, get to know the trucks and it all starts from there. So one day, uh, we were in Alameda, California and the Groth twins, they're a twin monster truck and brothers. They both drive a truck. One's like double trouble and one's like troublemaker. We'd seen them so many times. They're like, man, wait, when are you guys going to come help us out? And we're like, Hey, we're ready. <laughs> so that night after the show, they let us help them tire down. Tiring down is just taking the big tires off and putting on transport tires. So we got in there. We, you know, trying to do everything we could, learning as much as we could. And uh, as soon as they got loaded up, we went on to the next team. We, we went over and said, do you guys need any help? And help them after the, like the end of the night we like helped four teams out and made a lot of great connections and they all recognized our work ethic and how much we wanted it that we weren't just you know a couple of girls that wanted to you know get in it to still look pretty and we weren't we were there to work so by the end of the night we're completely dirty and greasy and have the biggest smiles on our faces and we actually got in touch with um, a mini monster truck team that was there and he wanted to get us into the seat of a mini monster truck since we were younger. Educate me a little bit here, Kristen. Mini monster truck? How? Yeah. Educate me a little bit. What What is the difference between, I mean, besides obvious, when I think of mini, I think of smaller, but what is the difference between mini monster truck and just monster truck? So the ones that we drove were uh, third scale mini monster trucks. So it's basically exactly the same as a real monster truck. It's just a third of the size. I'm sorry. I'm ignorant here. When you say a third of the size, like I've been to a monster truck show, but you're in the stands. So they, it's hard to like, unless you pulled up a regular truck next to it. I'm trying to think a third of the size. Is it because of the tires? And the lift of it, because the actual body of the monster trucks don't look incredibly bigger than like a regular truck, are they? Well, um, so the uh, the tires on the monster trucks are sixty six inch tall by forty inch wide tires. So the biggest thing that makes them a monster truck, but they're they're just fiberglass bodies on top of a completely custom built roll cage, um, and so. There's a lot to that cage. They don't start off their lives as, as trucks. They're completely custom. But these third scale mini monster trucks, you could stand next to it and it'd be like level with your head height. And they would have like 38 inch tires on them. And Got it. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, we, we started in those and I just did like a few shows, but it really helped boost my career and we did not stop volunteering in the first year of volunteering we helped I think over 30 teams and went to over 50 shows and a lot of that we were 
just, we were driving the shows. We weren't getting paid, you know, nothing. We were just doing it just to get the experience. And my parents were so awesome enough to bring us to these shows, but it, it helped us get a lot of connections in the industry. And then, you know, also getting to learn these trucks and, you know, what goes into the behind the scenes of a monster truck show. Um, and then that's how I met my boss right now, J.R. McNeil. I uh, was actually helping out a, a team that he trailered with the Pagarillas, and he noticed me and my work ethic. And after that, I wasn't that show, but a little while later, I was at the World Finals and he got in contact with me and he asked if I would come out and test. Um, so I hadn't worked for this guy or anything like that, but he wanted me to come out and see if I could drive a Mazda truck. Um, he knew that I'd driven the mini Mazda trucks. And so I was like super stoked for this opportunity. Kristen, I, wa- I want to pause you for one second because I-, I think you are sharing such an important lesson here. A lot of people constantly think, okay, there's this thing I want to do but I don't know how to go about doing it. And a lot of times they stop there. It's like, okay, yes, I have an interest in this, but I don't know how to pursue it. And I think the lesson that you're teaching here is don't always look at it on how much money you'll make or what you'll get. Start from a place of giving first. This is no different. You know, you're giving your time and energy but they're getting something in return that helps them. But even more importantly, you're getting contacts, you're getting experience, you're getting knowledge. Yes, you're not getting paid dollars, but you're getting paid so much more. And I think a lot of times we lose sight of that at all ages. A lot of people be like, well, younger kids don't, I don't buy into that. I see older adults asking the same question. I don't know how, or I'm too old to get into this, or I'm too young, or I'm too this. And It does not matter how old you are. Going out and immersing yourself in whatever you have an interest in, that's the best way to figure out if it's something you really want to do or not. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's really important to have a servant attitude, especially going into something like this. One thing that really helped along the way was people seeing that I was doing this just as a volunteer just to get that experience, just to get that chance and putting so much hard work and, you know, respecting teams. It spoke volumes to a lot of teams. And that's one thing that really set my sister and I on a really fast track, just being those hard workers and putting our all into it, being respectful, being polite, just being so grateful to be there even though, you know, you're not doing it for, you know, money or anything like that. You're just doing it for the experience, for the chance, for the opportunity. And people notice that so much more. And it it makes a world of difference when you go into it having a servant attitude like that. And that's so well put. It's such a great way of putting that. And and that's, that's what this is about. And I'm listening to you and, and I'm like, well... 
as humans, sometimes we get in this space of figuring out, we're real quick to figure out the limitations or the challenges. And I know some people when they're here, they'll listen to this and, well, I, I have my day job. I have to work. I have to make money. I can't just go and spend all my time doing something for free. Got it. Totally get it. Go do your day job. Then volunteer for a couple hours somewhere, maybe a couple hours per week, right? It's, it's, it doesn't always have to take a lot, but just start somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, that's the best thing. And, and I started volunteering when I was 16 years old and I didn't get an opportunity to work for a team or drive a truck until I was 19 years old. So that's three years of just being patient and uh, never losing hope. That's the biggest thing is just never, you, you're like, why am I doing this? Why is it worth it? And it did end up being very worth it in the end. But while you're going through that, you always have these doubts, but I'm so glad that I never lost hope. And that's one advice I would definitely give to other people is just never lose hope and keep on being persistent and determined and it'll get you places. What was th- your secret sauce to keep on keeping on? Because it, it it is hard sometimes. It is frustrating. And sometimes you feel you take two steps forward and 12 steps back. Sometimes you take two steps forward, two, two steps back. What did you find, help, what helped you kind of stay on track and keep keep your eye on the ball, so to speak, or the long term? So just whenever I did have an opportunity to volunteer, I fell in love with the industry so much just because it's just such a different, I mean, we call everyone in monster trucks, just a monster truck family, because you see these people more than you do your own family. You really do become sort of a family with everyone on the road. And I just fell in love with that aspect of it. Just getting to see how everything worked. Um, so that kept me going on that, that I knew that that's something I wanted to be a part of. And plus driving a monster truck looked really fun. <laughs> but, uh, and then the other thing too, was just prayer and petition, just uh, praying that'll happen and having faith that everything's working in God's timing and his will and everything ended up working like it should. So that was uh very helpful and it got me to where I am now. I I love it. I love it. And I guess just kind of pulling this back full circle. So literally you're volunteering for three years free of charge to these, these teams, gaining a ton of knowledge, gaining a ton of experience. Then you have an owner come and approach you. What was that like for you? Oh, man. J.R. McNeil, he's one of the biggest hearted, kindest guys you'll ever meet in this industry. He's just he's a really good guy. And their team is just a super cool team. I had the opportunity before I, um, you know, got invited to go test in a truck. I went to their shop in Florida. We were on a road trip. And so we swung by their shop and their whole team was just great guys. Uh, and you know, he's got great equipment. So I was beyond excited (laughs) to go test for JR. And uh, I just thought that was a super cool opportunity. And I was looking forward to it so much. 
And then when I got the chance, we flew down there, uh, me and Rudy Martin Del Campo, we both went and tested. And uh, so we just spent a day, we each made like three laps around in the monster trucks, getting to like hole shot them and do small jumps. And just so that JR could like kind of see like, cause you can tell if someone's got it. It's, it's mostly in throttle timing. So I guess me and Rudy did good enough. Um, he hired us full time to do first quarter of that next year. So we started in December. So the monster truck season, it runs pretty much all year long. And then in December, we'll have sometimes maybe like two weeks and we'll strip the trucks completely down, um, repaint them, go through everything, make sure the parts are good. And just that we start out strong for the next year. Every single team does that. And um, so we hammer down for like two weeks, like working long days and to get them ready for first quarter, it's called first quarter prep. And so we started out in that and it was me, Rudy, and then my husband, Nick. And when we all started, we were 19 years old, every single one of us. And uh, Nick had some monster truck experience, but me and Rudy, we had just the volunteer experience. So we were, we knew the, the kind of basics, but as far as like real deep into like fixing things and stuff like that, we were still pretty green. So we went into this first quarter for monster jam and we were crewing for Jack Brown and, uh, Trent Montgomery and in an arena tour and, it was probably <laughs> the most insane experience I've ever had because it was just three 19-year-old kids that had to take care of these two giant trucks. And we were doing uh, three to six shows a weekend. It was crazy. <laughs> there was a lot of times. There was some night. There was a, a weekend where we didn't sleep the whole weekend. We stayed up for like, I think, like over 48 hours straight. Energy drinks. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> now I understand why exactly. they sponsor that stuff. Uh, Quick question for you, Kristen. I'm just uh, wrapping my mind around this. A, a moment ago, you had referenced when you went and test drove. There are a couple things that you did. What were those things called again? There were different like maneuvers that he had asked you to do just to see. Oh, he had us do uh, laps just to get a feel for the truck. And then like the second time we did some hole shots. What is that? So from like a dead stop, you just you get on the converter and then you just hold the throttle wide open. And then we only have two gears where we run two gear power, power glides. And so you just go from first to second. It's like, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> but that's like, getting can you do that again? Like that was great that. sound effects. <laughs> no, <laughs> I should have done that. It's perfect. You get the point. I love it. But literally there's only two gears. So in what is it called again? The whole shot. Whole shot. Interesting. Okay, we're learning lingo yes. here. I like it. Yeah, I love a good whole so shot. So literally it's just opening up the throttle and letting her go. Yeah, it's just holding it wide open for uh, until you start to hit the rev limiter. And then really. you take off. Yeah, it's just like a trying to go as fast as you can in a straight line pretty much. Got it. And then what was the other thing he wanted to see you do? Uh, we did just, we hit a few small jumps. Got it. Um, 
that was pretty much it for the test practice. How much do these trucks, I mean, when I look at those, just suspension and everything, these trucks have to be pretty pricey. Yes. Yeah. It, to, to build one brand new is about 250 grand, but just to maintain them and keep them going, you can spend just as much as that or more in a year just because it's it's an expensive industry. It's almost a hobby industry. <laughs> it's expensive. Wow. Wow. It, yeah, because I look at those and, and, you know, I've restored a 67 GTL and I just think about the parts and just the the costs. And looking at those monster trucks, I'm like, I could only imagine. I mean, just one tire, what that would cost. Yeah. Yeah, no, the the motors we run, uh, you can easily spend twenty to thirty grand just building a motor for these. And they're they're just fifteen hundred horsepower. I what I run is a five forty big block Chevy. Um, I think the biggest they go to is like five seventy two is the biggest we're allowed to go to. Mm-hmm. Um and then just a blower on top. And we only run like ten percent. The blower's kinda kinda mo- most for show, but 1500 horsepower definitely gets the job done. And there's probably a point where it's overkill where it actually handicaps you to do some of the tricks you want to do, I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, having too much power is one of those things that can be good in like straight ra- straight line drag racing, but other than that, it's uh it can hurt you definitely. So you do the practice runs, he hires you on the spot. You have that first experience where you, your husband, and your teammate, all 19 years old, talk to talk about baptism by fire, right? All of it, <laughs> right? Yes. What, what happens next? Like, I, I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes and the feeling you must have had. Is that the first time that you, like, you were the driver? So I started out crewing, and um, that was, it was a crazy experience just because you're learning while you're doing a show. So like, and these things, they break constantly all the time. Uh, Cause there's, there's a lot to go wrong. I mean, we're absolutely just, you know, abusing these trucks, but um, when they break, you most of the time have to fix it in the middle of the show. Cause you're expected to make it out for the rest of the show. So like if you break an axle, and I think in that year alone, that one first quarter, we went through like, 10 axles between the two trucks and so we can do an axle in 20 to 30 minutes what and you got to change it out (laughs) yeah insane this sounds like an extreme trust exercise (laughs) oh my gosh yes those that truck is like 90 percent like gear oil and blood mixture it's (laughs) yeah it definitely takes a team definitely takes a team to work together to make this happen Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you're crewing first quarter of that year. You're 19 years old. What happens after that first quarter and kind of like your first season? So one thing I'll say that not a lot of people know um, is at the end of the year, our tour did an awards ceremony and everybody like got different awards for like who'd have the best crash or whatever. And um, that year, even though it was my first year and I wasn't the best at all, (laughs) but just because of my efforts, I think really everyone on the tour decided to give me the, the trophy for technician 
of the year. And so that meant a lot to me, just being my first year and everyone seeing how much <laughs> late nights and stuff we had. Especially being peer nominated. Yeah. That, that's that's like the highest compliment you can have is when your peers nominate you. Yeah, definitely. We had we had such a good group of guys on that tour. It was it was a lot of fun. But yeah, and then right after that, right after that first quarter, we did 60 shows in a period of three months and then 100 shows that year. But either either way, um, after that, Holy yeah, after that, that uh, first quarter of just crewing and really getting to know the truck really well and learning it, JR put me in the truck because the guy that was um, driving that first quarter, he was just temporary. And he wanted to go back home and be with his family because it also it takes you away a lot from being home. You're on the road. We were on the road three months straight. That whole we never came back home. We were just constantly traveling. So right after that first quarter, he put me in the truck and my first show was kind of a disaster because the the throttle was sticking on me. It was sticking um, just a, a little bit open, but enough to where it was like, okay, that's a little it's a little faster. I wanted to go at sometimes. <laughs> and so I was riding the brakes at moments and, but I had the time of my life and it was a lot of fun. And, um, so after that, I just, that whole summer, um, JR had a bunch of shows lined up for me and it was just a summer of learning and really getting to feel the truck out. But not only that, getting to this sport has some of the best fans, honestly. Um, just getting to meet the different people from different areas and um, was really cool too. Just being a driver and getting to see that side of it is super neat. Just getting to meet the fans. But yeah, that's pretty much how it went. Did a, did a whole summer trying to learn, went into fall and yeah, we do it all over again. I have a couple quick questions for you, Kristen. Cause I'm, I'm sitting here listening to this and I mean, were you scared? It's one thing to go practice runs, but I played sports in high school and I know how I would feel before a game. And it's like those kind of nervous butterflies where you feel like you're going to throw up, but you're not. But it's just like the, the nerves. What was that like for you? Your very first show, competition show, and you're driving. Man, my f- very first show. I'm sure I was really nervous. I think I got, I developed more nerves over it um, after that show. Like I got more nervous after time because then I, I just wanted to get better every time really. And my nerves really did not go away. I'd be nervous before every single show until like pretty much like an exactly a year after my first time driving, like is when I started to finally get rid of some of those nerves because there's a lot of pressure on you really you want to you want to have a good show because you don't want to disappoint the fans obviously then there's also the pressure of whether your team sleeps or not tonight is in your hands (laughs) so there's always that thought in the back of your head what do you mean by that Kristen uh, so if I go out and I, I do something like kind of stupid and I break the truck really bad, then, you know, my team, including me, have to stay up all night, you know, working on this thing. So I, I try to keep the team in mind when I'm driving because I don't want to break their backs or anything like that. But they're they're a good team, too. They've got my back no matter what. Then there's also the fact 
you know, I could do something and cost my boss a lot of money as well because <laughs> these parts are not uh, cheap. Right. So there's there's a lot of pressure on it from those sides for sure. To so being intelligent about the driving. Now, let me ask this too. What was probably your proudest or most complex? I mean, what are they even called, Kristen? Tricks? Maneuvers? What, what, it, what is it referred to as? I would say tricks. Tricks? Yeah. What's been your most advanced trick that you have landed, successfully landed, so to speak? I would say moonwalk. I'm, I'm still not great at them. Uh, but a moonwalk is basically where uh, you stand the truck up on the front two tires so that it's completely vertical and the rear tires aren't touching the ground there. So your rear tires and um, front tires are completely vertical facing the ground. So when you're in the truck, you're just looking at dirt and then kind of riding that out and uh, putting it in reverse and then riding it backwards. And that's called a moonwalk. And you just it's like it's like a reverse wheelie almost like a wheelie you would try to keep it on the back two wheels um but on this you keep it on the front two wheels and it's mostly about balance and you just kind of balance the truck there and then drive it around on the front two wheels and i've done one of those pretty decently once and then a few other times i've done it but they weren't the prettiest (laughs) It's probably like anything else. It just takes practice and getting used to your vehicle. Yeah, for sure. So jumps are another big part of this. Have you had any major crashes? I have been pretty lucky not to. Um, I've had, I mean, I've had several rollovers. So I've done like cage damage and, and things like that, but never to the point where I've gotten seriously hurt. That's one thing. My boss actually, he did a backflip in his truck I think last year or a year before I don't know this year's gone on forever but <laughs> um I know right yeah he uh he broke his neck doing a backflip and then shortly after that one of my teammates broke his back in the same truck so that I don't know that truck just might be cursed or something but <laughs> that's always kind of in the back of my head I'm like dang two of my teammates already broke like serious bones and I don't know I, I think JR is definitely, he's lucky to still be alive because it came close to either paralyzing him or not. But do you guys have to wear like, I know with like drag racing and stuff, there's entire harnesses and stuff that they wear. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like completely safe in these things, like as safe as you can possibly be in a motorsport or else like my mom would not let me do it. (laughs) She would freak out. But um, we run fire suits, fire shoes head socks, um, a Hans device, um, which hooks to your helmet and then the seat belts go over on top of it to just keep your neck from moving. And, and all the monster truck guys, we take a lot of the slack out. They come with slack so much because there's a lot of other, you know, most people in race cars and things like that, they'll wear a Hans device, but it's just to kind of keep your neck from overextending. But we do it so that we, can't move like at all like we can't move forward or backwards or next like once we're in we can see what's straight in front of us and we can move our arms and our legs and that's it like we cannot move because we're just we're taking a lot of hard hits and jarring and stuff like that so that's 
the best thing to do is just to keep yourself from not moving. Wow. Talk about having to feel like muscle memory. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here like thinking about that, like sitting in my chair right now and thinking about the concept of driving and not just driving, but driving a monster truck and not just driving a monster truck, but doing tricks in a monster truck and jumps. And literally you're like, the only thing you can move is your hands and your feet. Yeah. Well, your arms a little bit, I guess, but. Definitely claustrophobic <laughs> for sure. <laughs> wow. I mean, it makes sense. I'm just trying to think, like, because you're doing tricks, but literally you, for the most part, what it sounds like, you just look in front of you. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can't see behind us or anything. We uh, have radio communication. So when we back into, like, our parking spots, like, we're just listening to, to be like, okay, turn to the right, turn to the left, and straight back and stop and tell us to do all that. And But we can't see anything behind us or anything like that. Most of the time what we do is we memorize the track because you can only see so much. You just, you get glimpses and stuff. So you got to memorize. Okay. So I know where I'm at. I know where this other jump is. Okay. I need to go in that direction. So most of the time it's just about memorizing the track and memorizing where you're at. Um, that helps a lot, especially for like a good racing or freestyle. The best ones is when you just know the track super well. Wow. I love driving. I love driving fast. I'm not sh- – I think it – man, I don't know if I'd even want to sit shotgun in one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that takes guts. I mean, I've seen some of these videos, and oh, I can't remember her name. Uh, a woman, she's from Canada, and she's a monster truck driver as well. Oh, and- she's probably uh, Cynthia. Yes, Cynthia. Yeah. Thank you. She's and adorable. I love her. She – you have these like videos that pop up on YouTube and I was just looking up monster truck to educate myself a little bit. So I didn't sound like a complete idiot when I was talking (laughs) to you and her video popped up and it was literally open throttle. She hits a jump and just face plants the truck into the dirt. (laughs) Evidently it's called a French kiss. Yeah, yeah, she made she called it that because she's French, obviously, so that's what she named it. But yeah, that is one of those things we don't do that a lot. That was um, just like a unusual thing. But I think what happened there was she probably didn't check up. She probably ran out of gear, so that's why it nosedive like that. Mm -hmm. If you check up just a little bit, like when I mean check up, like you let out of the throttle a little bit and then get back in it, you have more gear you have more of that power to more throttle through the dump and now keep your nose up in the air but yeah i I can't imagine what she felt like the next day (laughs) oh i know right like i i mean do you even after like doing jumps and stuff like you like you were saying you're jarred around quite a bit are you sore the next day oh yeah yep uh i'll be sore usually for the next two or three days I also, after, um, you know, the first couple months of doing it, you get your, everyone calls it your monster truck neck. Because uh, that's one of the biggest things that is the hardest on is your neck. So you get your monster truck neck and <laughs> you're a lot better after that. But you'll, you'll still be sore, especially if you took a couple big hits or your shocks aren't working right or something like that. All of that plays into it. So there's some shows where you just like, you know, you you didn't do anything like crazy big or anything like that. And you, you know, you, you're good the next day. But most of the time, you're sore afterwards. Wow. 
That that's just amazing. So what's on the horizon for Kristen? Oh man. So still playing with monster trucks. This pandemic has kind of like just really shut down the whole entertainment industry. Right now we're doing a lot of stuff in the Midwest. I guess they don't know what the coronavirus is out there because <laughs> they're just packing it in out there in the stands, which is which is good for the monster truck industry. But um, so we've been doing a lot of shows out there. And but I'm just so I'm a weekend warrior at this point. And ever since the pandemic happened and it slowed us way down, it's a completely full time job just keeping these things going. We'll, I mean, we do a show, we, 10 minutes of driving equals like a good 70 hour work week, <laughs> you know, afterwards, if you're lucky. So this is your full time job then? It was. So right before the pandemic happened, it was full time. We hardly ever took days off. But it really slowed down after the pandemic and uh, gave me and my husband a chance to kind of, you know, look around and be like, okay, well, (laughs) we don't really got a whole lot going on right now. And I've always been a gearhead, like I said, in one of my dreams when I was little, um, a dream that kind of started with my dad was opening up my own shop. And we just kind of decided to go head on with that. It was super slow at the shop. And so we moved to North Carolina and started our own business. Well, you moved from where to North Carolina? Florida. Our team was based out of uh, Deland, Florida. And so I lived at New Smyrna Beach in Florida. And I moved to Asheville, North Carolina. Why North Carolina? I lived here for a year and I, I worked for a fleet mechanic shop and i absolutely loved it here i'm I'm more of a mountains person i I like lived 10 minutes from the beach and maybe went like five times (laughs) (laughs) well well, what's funny is you were born and raised in california so you you went from west coast to east coast yeah yeah i moved we well my family moved when i was about 18 to north carolina just because my dad got a job and then when i got hired with jr and team raising cane i moved to florida and and so did my husband so we just recently moved i think two or three months ago probably three or four actually but yeah back to north carolina which is funny because as soon as we moved back here one of the pluses is getting to be closer to my family they're always gone (laughs) so (laughs) we never see them anyways but uh i absolutely i love Asheville. i love having seasons and i'm pretty sure Everything in Florida is out to kill you. Like everything's like the birds are bigger there. The bugs are bigger there. <laughs> they have gators. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is funny. I think this is probably a great time to launch into the red line round. And what the red line round is, is it's just five rapid fire questions. There's no right or wrong answer to it. Whatever pops into your head, Kristen, is the right answer. Sure. All righty. Number one, who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry? Oh, man. My my boss, JR, has been a big inspiration to me because he's just, he's an awesome guy and a great driver. Also, uh, my teammates and Roy Pridgen being one of them, but just all of my teammates. I've had a lot of awesome people to look up to and one of my biggest persons that I been able to look up to all my life is my dad so I'm really thankful for that what's dad's name Roger 
Roger, high five, <laughs> virtual high five, Roger. You and your wife have done an amazing job. You have an amazing young lady here. Number two, where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or get stuck on the job? Man, honestly, YouTube is a really good source just because like there's so many people that have been through whatever and okay obviously this doesn't apply to monster trucks but i'm just talking general mechanics but for monster trucks specifically i just i rely on all my teammates and other teams there and other crew members uh there's always someone at a show that knows way more than me so it's always good to be able to rely on other people and everyone's so helpful in sharing that there's really no like handbook or or video guide for monster truck stuff so just learning from other people is the way to go love it Kristen what excites you most about what you do I think being able to hopefully touch other people's lives and be an inspiration to other girls and just being able to show people that you know that hard work and determination it gets you your dreams you can go after your dreams and you can achieve them and nothing can hold you back i remember you sharing some stories with me about these younger girls coming up to you after a show what was that like for you the first time that that happened it was really cool because i was that that little girl at one point you know and so to be able to be that for someone else it's it's really it's a really neat experience. It's really humbling. But just to be able to say something nice to them, smile, and because they'll listen to what you have to say, you know, they're going to take your opinions to heart. So just being able to offer a kind word and whatever's going on in their life is just, I think it's something really awesome to be able to do. Probably one of the coolest, most it's almost like a place of power, unintentional place of power that, you know, no one asks to be in, but is so important to have grace and humility in order to be a great role model for young women and girls. What what a gift. And you've been a wonderful role model. I've, I've gone, one of the reasons why I reached out to you, Kristen, is I very picky with who I bring on my show and I don't I don't care the number of followers anyone has what I care about is how you portray yourself one your self-respect and two how you represent yourself to others and I was thoroughly impressed with you so thank you for being you and doing what you do oh thank you Jamie thank you so much for making a podcast like this just to bring women together it's so awesome it's fun I, I, it is something I'm very honored and blessed uh, to have amazing women trust me to share their story. But thank you. I appreciate that. Number four, what is a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in the industry when you feel stuck or discouraged? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, well... Man, I don't know. That's a hard question. <laughs> I can't really think of anything. You know, I I get discouraged, you know, throughout my life. But that's when I, I always just I go back to what I know and 
whose I am before who I am. And that helps me a lot. And through just praying and uh, worship and just trying to be close to the one who made me, that's, that's something that always grounds me and helps me out. And honestly, I don't know what I'd be doing <laughs> if I did not have that for to keep my level of sanity because definitely been good to me. Well said. Well said. Sometimes uh, in uh, craziness that the world is in right now with the pandemic and just so many things going on, just being able to pause and have that faith, <laughs> that blind faith, that is something special. Definitely. For sure. Number five, what is your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in the motorsports industry or entertainment? Because you're really in entertainment. Right. Yeah. Girl, if you want it, go after it. Don't let anything hold you back. Just go after it with hard work, heart, lots of heart and determination and go after your dreams. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. Run your own race. That's super important. You know, just try to beat yourself every time. Don't look around at what other people are doing and how other people are better at you or something. Don't worry about that. Run your own race. Do you and everything's going to work out great. Just stay persistent and never lose hope. Beautiful. <laughs> Kristen, where and how can people connect with you? Uh, yeah, um, on Instagram at Kristen Hope. 98 and Facebook at Kristen Hope. And then also for our new business that we started, you guys can check us out on Instagram at Migs Automotive and then Facebook also at Migs Automotive. That's just M I G apostrophe S Automotive. Nice. Kristen, thank you so much for being in the driver's seat today and Pulling back the curtain and letting us see what this monster truck world is all about, and particularly and literally the driver's seat. <laughs> it was, it's figuratively talking when I say that, but that is very literal for you. So thank you so much for carving out some time in your evening to sit down and have a conversation with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was definitely a pleasure. It was a good time. Awesome. My name is Kristen Hope Migas, driver of Wolf's Head Monster Truck for the Raising Cane Monster Truck team and co-business owner of Migs Automotive, and I'm a femcanic. Heather Holler is in the driver's seat next. She's a freelance rally and rally cross technician. Most of her work is in the motorsports department for the Dirtfish Rally School. She didn't grow up working on cars. As a matter of fact, she had Barbies and a horse and thought she was going to be a star soccer player. But fate had different plans for Heather. Be sure to tune in next week to learn about the amazing twists and turns in her journey. Until next time, Femcanics. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femcanic?